0: Morning, welcome this morning, it's lovely to have you here, why don't you grab yourselves a seat? Now you may have noticed that there isn't words on the screen and it's a completely different problem to the one that happened the other week which saw Steffi dive and save the projector with great skill and effort, this time it's computers. So we have some songbooks coming around, if you just also, is it going? We'll see. We'll see. Why don't you turn to your neighbour, say hi, and while you're doing that, I want you also to think, what is one thing that you've seen happening in the world that you think we need to pray about? Something you've seen happening in the world that's made you sad or angry or upset or happy that you think would be... So say hi, say hi to the people near you, and then say: see if you can name something... That you think would be good to pray about.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and um, Taiwan, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like. Yeah, but at least it, it was clear. There's some clarity about what to stood for. Now it's just like chaos. Just chaos. That's the only thing. Uh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: brave enough to, to holler out to me something that you think that we need to pray about at the moment. What is on your mind? What is on your mind, Sawyer? Healthier ice cream flavours. Healthier, healthier ice cream flavours. <laughs> healthier ice cream flavours is on. Um, children, in and children in poverty and exploitation. I heard you say... Ukraine and political divisiveness. Anything else? Yeah. Yes, Syria. And actually, I was reading about Afghanistan, too. Some rough times. Yes. For the days to be longer. Bring on summer. Bring on warmth. Ben. Yep, so people in the UK, and they're they're facing a drought. Amy. COVID. COVID. Okay, anything else? This is a final call. What I'm going to do is I'm going to gather our prayers up because the Bible tells us that God cares and God hears us. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to gather our prayers up as we sing the Lord's Prayer together with words that will come up onto the screen maybe. Let's pray. God, you know what is on our hearts and minds. You've heard the things we've said out loud, but you also know what's on our hearts that we might be too afraid to mention, too scared to speak out loud. And so God, I pray, meet us today. Meet us where we are, bring healing and wholeness to us. And God, we pray healing and wholeness for the world. We pray for the Ukraine. We pray for Syria. We pray for Afghanistan. We pray for children in poverty and facing exploitation. We ask for your hand to guide world leaders for wisdom so that they may bring justice and true peace to our world. God, we pray for the UK facing a heat wave. As we face climate change, God, I pray you'd stir our hearts into action. Lord, as the world still battles with COVID, we pray for our medical professionals, our doctors, our nurses, The allied professionals, give them strength, we pray. God, we thank you for the world we live in. We thank you for our beautiful country. We look forward to longer days. And I look forward to real fruit yoghurt ice cream. (laughs) Thank you for the good gifts that you give us. Amen. Let's stand as we sing the Lord's Prayer together.
3: The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever.
0: Amen. Kids and leaders, it's now time for you to head out to your program. If the rest of us want to um, grab a seat for a moment. going to lead us in a time of um, confession as we get ready and prepare ourselves to hear the gospel read to us later and also as we are going to be um, having communion together. So what's going to happen is I'm going to pray and then um, Mark is going to lead us in a um, kind of a response to that. It may be new to you, so feel free just to listen to it for the first round through and then join in as you pick up on the words. Let's pray. God, we've just heard what is on our hearts and so much of it is a broken world caused by greed and envy and pride. And God, we acknowledge that in all of our lives, if we look deep enough, we too can see our tendency to think more of ourselves than we ought to. God, we come before you in this place and ask you to transform us. God, we are sorry for the wrongs we have done, whether consciously or unconsciously. Forgive us and set us free. Thank you for your promise of forgiveness and healing. Amen.
1: E ariki Kia aroha mai stand and sing this with us. Have mercy on me, O Lord, have mercy, O
2: Lord, have mercy on me, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God.
1: One more.
2: Aroha
3: Blessed are the poor in spirit,
0: for theirs
3: is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be confident. Blessed are the meek, for they will For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure. Because of righteousness, this is the kingdom, this is the kingdom. the kingdom of heaven. You will be filled. You will be filled. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom.
0: pray together. God, I pray you'd be with us and speak to us. And I also pray for no more technical difficulties as we continue our service. (laughs) Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you care about us. Amen. Grab yourselves a seat. Today I'm going to, um, in a minute, read you a passage from the book of Luke. Now, Jesus was a Jew, and he was... um, you know, recognized by his followers and those who came after and chose to believe in him, that he was the promised Messiah, the promised person from God who would come to save his people. However, most Jews reject this and say, that is not who Jesus is, we don't believe that. And in particular, they do because some of his teaching they found offensive. And if you uh, read and follow what Jews think. The passage that I'm going to read today is one of the key reasons why Jewish people reject Jesus. There's something in this passage. So, my challenge here is I'm going to read the passage, and then if you can find somebody uh, near you and tell them what part of the passage do you think is the very offensive part to Jewish people and I think would be offensive to a number of cultures and people today. So what is it? So here is the reading from Luke chapter 12. I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it would were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division, For from now on in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once a shower is coming and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? So within that, there is this moment that is deeply offensive two people in certain groups so turn around tell your neighbor find somebody if you're on your own swing around what is it that you think would be so offensive in this passage I do. <laughs> So I have a a favourite TV show on Netflix and it is called, and I've got to say this right because it can go wrong with this name, it's called Tzitzel, spelled S-H-T-I-S-E-L, Tzitzel and it's about a Jewish family and the Jewish family is tight and they are very sort of insular And anyone or anything that goes against their family, you know, it gets rejected and pushed aside. And for a deeply um, committed Jewish family, family is the thing above all else. And so to think that your family would disagree, that Jesus came to say that families are going to be divided, is deeply offensive. There's a slight irony, though, because... You know, in Israel, there's the Jews and there are some devout Jews who spend their life, you know, doing religious practices. There's also secular Jews who couldn't really care less, but they're ethnically Jewish. Their grandparents, great-grandparents were Jewish. And then there's atheist Jews who, again, are ethnically Jewish but have turned their back on the whole religion. That's okay. But if a Jew decides to follow Jesus that's the moment where a family will reject them. And here's this irony. There's a culture that loves family, pulls them family tight. The thought that a family could be divided is the most offensive thing. And yet, if you choose to trust in the claims of Jesus and in the person of Jesus, then you are rejected from the family. You see it sometimes in the news We they might talk in Middle Eastern countries about honour honor killings, where a family member has brought shame upon someone else in their family and they will be killed because you cannot sort of violate this family unit. And in a lot of countries in the world, particularly in uh, Muslim countries, in very, very strict countries, if you decided to follow Jesus, you could face strict punishment for that because family... And being together and not divided is so important. And so here Jesus comes into this with this quite shocking claim. I think many of you might have received or even sent a Christmas card that looks a little bit like this. Here's this claim that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He has come to bring peace to the whole world. And yet in the Bible reading today, Jesus says, I did not come to bring peace. When I was pondering this my initial reaction is I think that as Christians we like Jesus to be quite predictable in black and white. Here are the rules. In this situation Jesus says this and in that situation Jesus says that and it's predictable and we can follow that but Jesus is more complex than that. There are often nuances that we don't understand. It can be confusing And we need to wrestle with it. Who is Jesus and what is he saying in the midst of all of this? And sometimes our black and white answers don't really work. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who said, I did not come to bring peace. Well, then what is Jesus talking about? What did he come to do? What is the point? Has he just come to destroy families and, you know, have some people dragged off into some cult and other people trying to drag them back and like, what is this actually all about? In the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, he was a prophet and he railed against the injustice that he saw in his time. And he spoke as if he was the voice of God. This is what God thinks of what you're saying. And Jeremiah says these words, from the very least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have treated the wound of my people carelessly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. At the end of the passage I read, Jesus calls the people he's talking to hypocrites. And this is probably the message in Jeremiah as well. You people are hypocrites. You say there's peace. You kind of create this veneer, look at our country, peace, peace. But underneath it, look at you, you're ripping people off. There's injustice that is rife. There is no real peace when people are suffering and being exploited. Martin Luther King probably summed it up, you know, best in the phrase, without justice, there can be no peace. And so here is Jesus ripping off this band-aid to a group that he calls hypocrites. You're claiming there's peace, but I'm telling you, I didn't come to bring peace. Something else and deep is going on. When I was uh, reading about this passage and reading what people thought about it, I came across this interesting guy, um, African-American, and I think his perspective is interesting to hear and to listen to as somebody who for most of his life in America would be on the opposite side of peace and justice, someone who suffers from exploitation. His name's Brandon Renscher, and he is the leader of a group called the Good Neighbour Movement. And the Good Neighbour Movement, he talks about in his description, his words, it is a black-led movement of ethnically diverse, a you know, variety of people that gather together to try and figure out, you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And this is his words. We welcome people from diverse backgrounds that are searching for a spiritual community who have struggled to find it in mainstream spaces of the church and society. Our desire is to create spaces of revolutionary love and spirituality to heal what causes hate, greed and exclusion, and to build up communities which center the flourishing of people on the edges of the church and society. And here is an image of him railing against the injustice in America as he uh, joins the Black Lives Matter protest movement. Here is someone naming, you know, you can't have peace until there is justice. And this is what he says about the passage that we're reading. This kind of baptism that Jesus talks about causes all sorts of trouble For the world's definition of family and belonging. To be part of the family of God of Christ's body is to be bound to Jesus' body among the least of these. Among the enemy. Among the foreigner. The hungry. The poor. The prisoner. And the sick. This is participating in the very peace of Christ. And this peace which brings together those who the world say should stay apart, is a site of division. When all you care about is your family and not causing shame amongst your family and the pride of your family, there is no space to welcome the outsider, to pull down those walls and to include those who are on the margins of society. It's interesting as the early followers of Jesus tried to wrestle with what this means and how it works out in their everyday life. They began to develop liturgy, the words they would say in their church services. And one of the things they said was during a baptism, as someone came and committed themselves to following Jesus. And it's captured a couple of times in the New Testament, and they're pretty sure that these were the words as he baptized and said, I'm being born into this new family. This is the words. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Here is this revolutionary new family, where all belong and all are called and all are welcomed. And yet, so subversive is this idea that it actually results in division. Brandon Wrencher goes on, Jesus, Prince of Peace, brings judgment and division by interrupting the world's logic of belonging. And he asks this, how is God calling your church into a new we? Who are the most vulnerable among you? Who are those members of the body whose differences are repulsive to you? Who are those others from whom it feels natural to be separated? These are the cutting words of Jesus. I think there is room to take offense, not necessarily over that superficial, it's going to break up our family, but what Jesus is calling us to is a radical turning our back on these things that we grow up with what is normal, what is acceptable who's in our family and who's not. As I read more about this Good Neighbour movement and what they're doing, I came across another minister called um, lanice Pinkard, and she, she uh, doesn't hold back, and I think her words are really profound, about our world and what we are being called to and why Jesus does create division in order to bring true peace. And this is what she says. The call is not to join an institution or to sign a pledge card. The call is to sign on to a different account of reality that is in profound contrast to the dominant account of reality into which we've all been inducted. And then she talks about her own context in the United States. What is the dominant reality into which we have been inducted? The American socioeconomic complex, which she calls the American death system, stems from four processes each, which is radically unjust and radically unsustainable. Genocide, slavery in one form or another, insatiable resource extraction entailing ecological devastation, and aggressive international empire – the organized systems of destruction and the destructive ways of life that keep those systems in place. She goes on, take a breath. I hear the spirit saying, let this murderous and anti-creation system collapse in you and in the world. In truth, we are being called by the spirit of life and love to get out We are literally being called to abandon, to disengage from, to desert these systems of death, to break the hold that these death systems have on us. The calling of God means for us to disengage from the postures, habits, and assumptions that define the world of power and injustice that is so devoid of mercy and compassion in every arena of life. The call is away from ordinary life, ordinary possessions, and ordinary assumptions to a way of life that the dominant culture, the death culture, judges to be impossible. Here is the hard words of Jesus. He looked at his system that he was in and surrounded by, and he said it was unjust. If you think of the stories in the Bible, Jesus goes into the temple, and he sees money changers, ripping off the poor, exploiting them, and he goes and he throws the tables over. The money scatters and he grabs whips and he drives them out because this is an unjust system. And so offensive, ultimately, was Jesus' message that they put him to death. This is the human reaction to the source of creation that calls us into new life and well being. And we are so entrenched in our ways. Linice, um Picard goes on to say, How can we free ourselves from these systems? Because you can't just sort of wake up one morning and go, That's it. See a you, system, you're unjust, I'm out of here. And she talks about these practices that we need to engage in. She says, It won't happen immediately, but you need to change your thinking. And she numbers them and she says, Engage in teaching. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Wrestle with it. Engage in fellowship. And that's not just, you know, the polite, how was your week after church, but get into each other's lives. Encourage each other. Get to know each other. Share your life with each other. And then one of the other things she mentions is breaking bread together, eat together, do life together. And today, we are going to move into, in a minute, communion. And this is this picture of Jesus' ultimate community, his ultimate kingdom where all are welcome. And we gather and we eat together. And we have communion together as this prophetic meal. God's kingdom is a kingdom where all are welcome. Where all can join We all can come and be part, and we enact this as we come together and eat. So we're going to have communion together. I'm going to invite the band back up, because as we do communion, um, some of it we are going to sing the words of the communion. Now, these are not new words if you've been coming for a little bit. We actually quite often sing songs from the communion liturgy and again some of these words are ancient and they go back hundreds if not thousands of years when Jesus followers through time and space and across nations gather they have often shared and said these words together so I invite you now to stand as we come into this time and this moment Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. We praise you and we bless you, holy and gracious God, source of life abundant. From before time, you made creation ready. Your spirit moved over the deep and brought all things into beginning, into being, sun, moon and stars, earth, wind and waters and every living thing. You made us in your image, and taught us to walk in your ways. But we rebelled against you and wandered far away. And yet, as a mother cares for her children, you would not forget us.
2: When we turned away, you called us back gave your son to share his life freed us from our sins With angels in all the heaven We proclaim your name We give you praise and say Tapu, tapu E te ariki Te atua. Te mana me kaha O hi tonu te rangi me te whenua I tokororia ohana Angels, all of heaven, we proclaim your name, we give you praise and say Tabu 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 Te Ariki Teatua Ote Mana Me Te Kaha. Te rangi me te whenua I hokororia Ohana i rungarawa Tapu, tapu He tapu te ariki Te atua o te mana me te kaha
0: Living among us, Jesus loved us. He broke bread with outcasts and sinners, healed the sick, and proclaimed good news to the poor. He longed to draw all the world to himself, yet we ignored his call to walk in love. And then the time came for him to complete upon the cross the sacrifice of his life. And on the night before he died, Jesus was at table with his friends. He took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them and said, take Eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And as supper was ending, Jesus took a cup of wine. He gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you do this, Do this to remember me. Now gathered at your table, God of all creation, and remembering Christ crucified and risen, who was and is and is to come, we offer to you our gifts of bread and wine and ourselves a living sacrifice. Pour out your spirit upon these gifts that they may be the body and blood of Christ. Breathe your spirit over the whole earth and make us your new creation, the body of Christ given for the world you have made. In the fullness of time, bring us with all your people from every tribe and language and people and nation to a feast, at the banquet prepared from the foundation of the world. <laughs> Body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Come, God's people, come and receive Christ's heavenly food. Now the practicalities of how this works, we have a couple of options here. We have um, the real wine and the bread, and if you need gluten-free bread, just ask the server with the bread for that and they'll get that for you. And on this side, we have grape juice and bread. So just pick if you want the wine, come this side. If you want grape juice, come this side and just come up when you're ready.
2: Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you trust from the drink of the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Hallelujah Christ is risen Bow down before him For he is Lord The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was brought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Bear your cross as you enter for your crown Tell the world of the treasures you found Would you like to stand? He could tangata koutou He karoria ki te atua Let's sing that again. He karoria ki te atua He karoria ki te atua ö ö ö ite Ki te atua. He could hear, he'd He fucked up, I